get this one in here for sure. Picks it up and comes in straight down Main Street. Vilgrain back and scores! She outweights Baker and a double overtime penalty shot by Cassandra Vilgrain is the game winner. And the Thunderbirds pour onto the ice. What a game against the Cougars. What a what an offensively gifted move there by Vilgrain. Hey everybody, we're back. It's Eric, Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz here coming at you guys from UBC's Point Grey campus broadcasting from the unceded ancestral grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to CITR 101.9 with this week's edition of Thunderbird Eye. Always keep me up to date with the latest UBC sports news, standings, and stories. This past weekend, the women's basketball team overcame their losing streak, and the men's split a series in Lethbridge. Volleyball rolled straight through the Westmen in a collective 13 sets between the men's and women's team, and hockey is looking straight up with the women remaining in first in youth sports and the men's team putting two more wins on the board. So starting off with basketball, it was a huge weekend for the women's team as they snapped their five-game losing streak by sweeping the University of Lethbridge on the road. The first match on Friday came right down to the wire, but the Thunderbirds pulled out the victory thanks to a monstrous performance from Keelan Filowich. As I mentioned, it was a very close game with the Thunderbirds entering the fourth quarter with only a two-point lead. The Pronghorns went on a 13-4 run partway through the frame, but the UBC outscored them 9-0 in the final three and a half minutes to win it 65-63. Filowich led the way with a season-high 27 points to go along with 12 rebounds and 4 steals, both of which tied her season high. Jessica Hansen scored 13 points alongside 5 assists, while Madison Penn struggled in this one, putting up only 10 points along with 7 rebounds and 7 turnovers. They won this game in the end, but the Thunderbirds once again struggled at the three-point line and the free-throw line, as has been a theme this year. They shot 4 of 13 from deep and a woeful 5 for 13 from the free-throw line. On Saturday, they kept rolling, Madison Penn bounced back, and the Thunderbirds led wire-to-wire on route to a reasonably comfortable 76-65 victory. Penn and Filowich were a two-woman wrecking crew. Penn had 25 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals, while Filowich put up 21 points, 10 rebounds, 3 steals, 2 blocks on 10 of 13 shooting. Jessica Hansen was the only other Thunderbird in double figures as she recorded 10 points and 6 assists, and Allie Norris notched a season-high 8 points to go along with 3 assists. The offense was really humming in this one. UBC shot 55% from the field and had a season-high 21 assists, but that said, they still struggled from three and from the free-throw line, shooting 5 for 16 from deep and 9 for 20 from the free-throw line. What a weekend for Filowich, though. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Great to see her uh, back in full form. And despite the struggles in certain areas, this was a great weekend for UBC, pulling out with those two wins here. Uh, This is keeping their season alive, and... Picking these wins up on the road against an upper-tier opponent, that's something that will hopefully turn their season around. Yeah, definitely an impressive performance. Um, This team is still sort of who we think they are at the moment. They still have that scoring depth issue. They still aren't shooting great from three. They're still not shooting great from the three free-throw line. The depth, really, though, I think is the main issue. I mean, Penn's good, Filowich is good, Hanson's good, and no one is else really scoring at a high rate. Uh, Marcy Schlick has scored double figures, um, done it twice in the last eight games, and that's the only one who's managed that other than her, though, so that could be a concern. The Thunderbirds are 12th in Canada West in three-point shooting. They're only shooting 20% beyond the arc, and they're 16th in free-throw shooting, which the men's team also struggles Mm -hmm. with. Um, They will have to clean it up. Hopefully this is a a bit of a rebound that gets 
some aspects of uh, their game cleaned up as well. But great to see a couple wins at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely good rebound for the team. Like I think they're definitely better than that five-game losing streak would suggest. They should still be a playoff team, but the shooting, the depth, really puts a ceiling on how far this team might be able to go in the postseason. Moving on to the men's side, they won their first match, but unfortunately had their big nine-game win streak snapped on Saturday in overtime. In the win on Friday, Connor Morgan, unsurprisingly, unsurprisingly was the driving force as the Thunderbirds ended up winning fairly comfortably, 84-71. to It was a big night for Morgan, both for his numbers in that game and for his career. He put up 30 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, and a season-high 6 blocks in this one. And with 1,400 career points, he has now moved into the top 40 on the all-time Canada West scoring list. Great accomplishment for him, and really, maybe not the blocks, but the rest of that box score seems sort of almost pedestrian for him at this point. It's ridiculous. Yeah, congrats to Morgan, though, on breaking that record. I thought he might even be higher up on that list, but still great job for Morgan and the UBC uh, yeah. Team. Still got a way to, to go to add to that. Elsewhere in the game, Patrick Simon added 12 points off the bench for the Thunderbirds, while Fulgelopor struggled. He had some decent counting stats with 10 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, but he shot only 3 for 15 from the field and had 6 turnovers. And despite all the attention that we've like rightfully paid to the Thunderbirds' offense this season, they won this one with their defense. They held the Pronghorns to just 7 points in the second quarter, taking a 16-point lead into halftime and pretty much killed the game right there. But unfortunately... They fell on Saturday, losing their win streak as a fourth-quarter comeback fell short in overtime with a final score of 106-101. Morgan stuffed the stat sheet as per usual, but he wasn't as efficient as he normally is. He did have 25 points, 18 rebounds, and 3 blocks, but he did it on 6 of 19 shooting and had a season-high 10 turnovers. Phil Jalalpur bounced back with 21 points and 8 rebounds, and Luka Zaharievic, Mason Bourset, and Garant Odu added 16, 13, and 11 points respectively, but it wasn't enough for the Thunderbirds, who, similar to the women's team, struggled from three and from the free throw line. They shot five for 27 from deep and 24 for 42 from the free throw line. And a quick shout out to Zach Overwater of Lethbridge, who scored a school record 49 points, along with 12 rebounds on just 27 shots, seven for 20, 17 for 27 from the field, 11 for 16 from the free throw line. Just ridiculous from him, and it was enough for Lethbridge to snap the winning streak. Lethbridge, a good team, 11-5 and five right now in the season. Still right up at the top of the standings in Canada West. And we've talked a lot about Connor Morgan on the show, and he seems to keep getting better as the season going on. He's still first in Canada West in scoring, averaging over 25 points per game, and he's now first in the conference in rebounding, up over, up over 11, and he's also second in blocks at just over two a game. Uh, he's ridiculous, and... If UBC ends up making some national noise, it will be on his shoulders. The question is, will he be full-form Connor Morgan, or will we see a bit of a shakier early-season version of him at that point? I mean, we also need to look at the rest of the team because, you know, like, one player can't exactly carry the entire team. I mean, like, the, the three-point shooting's been fine. It's not the same issue that the women's team has been having. But similar to the women's team is their three uh, their free-throw shooting, which is 65.4%, which is still 5% better than the women's, but that's still not very good. They've only got four players above 70 from the free-throw line. And they've been dominant offensively, so if they if the other teams know that they can just foul and probably get a decent shot at coming away with only one basket out of two on the from the free throw line, that's something that could hurt them really in the playoffs, especially in late games. Looking at the overall standings, Thunderbirds have already clinched a playoff spot. First place might be a bit out of reach. They're eleven and three and tied with Calgary for second in the conference, but they're trailing Alberta, who's currently thirteen and one. This team is great. They're not perfect. They struggle on defense from time to time, 
and it won't be a breeze getting through playoffs. Yeah, and now we move on to volleyball. Uh, on men's side, the, the men's volleyball team traveled to Winnipeg last weekend and grabbed two wins against the Westmen, extending their winning streak to three games. On Friday, the game was a, chal- a bit challenging but not overwhelming for the T-Birds. Entering hot, the team quickly gained control of the first set at the set 11-6, with help by Adrian Dyke and Dan- Daniel Thiessen, the Westmen fall back to even up the score at 14-13. UBC then changed their game plan and focused on defense, and the gameplay change gave them a 25-18 first set win. The Westmen came back strong in the second set. Although they were traveling, uh, the trailing with the T-Birds and kills and hitting percentage, the Westmen took advantage of UBC's attack airs. The T-Birds played sloppy in the second frame, giving eight up of their 22 airs on that night. The Winnipeg Westmen overcame the T-Birds' offense and took the frame at 25 to 22. The team's rally had to have to start a third set. However, the UBC broke away just before technical taking a 16 to 11 take. Thanks to four straight kills from first-year Finn McCarthy, more kills up the middle by fifth-year Jordan Gear and second-year Jordan Deshane secured UBC's lead, and they won the set 25 to 21. The final frame also went well in UBC's favor. They continued their strong front row attacking and put up 17 kills and just notched the Westman at 25 to 23. The first frame had the two teams tied at 20 at 12 different occasions, so it was anything but a short win. Byron Katarakis proved in Friday's game he is a huge central role for this team. It's clear to see there's an improvement happening after the break as he's rich, as he's now reached 50 assists in a game uh, twice in the past two weeks. He's ranked second in assists per set and first in serving aces in Canada West. The ace, something that is a big momentum shifter for teams. Yeah, definitely. And you, you know, I always love when setters get the, the, pr- the, you know, the praise that they deserve. I didn't really get that very much in my playing days. <laughs> uh, you know, the setters are a very important part of the team, and Ketarakis is an excellent, excellent one to have. Um, so g- game changing, and when a setter can be game changing, that's a really good team you've got. Veteran presence too. Absolutely. And Irvin Brar had a good Friday match. Had a bit of a cold weekend um, last time we saw him when we had that broadcast. Um, but uh, great game, 15 kills. Uh, he has been up and down, as I said. But um, again again from that last game that we saw, McCarthy and DeShane were really excellent in that one, and they've been keeping going. They've been really good coming in, replacing injured players, injured starters, starting in maybe a less comfortable role for them, but they've been excellent so far. Yeah, and on the next night, Thunderbird came out sharper, sweeping the Westman was a de- definite win. Though the Deepers opened up the game with a handful of errors, they managed to threaten their defense and come back at 30-7. to the team then switched to an aggressive offensive strategy and collectively dropped down 14 kills, stopping the Westman and 25 to 21. Similar to the previous game, the Westman came back fairly in the second set and pushed UBC to show their A game. Nidithai was, was able to take a lead bigger than two points until the very end of the frame. The, third, the Thunderbirds closed out the game at 22, 25 to 22. The game fell back completely to the T-Bird's control in the third set where the UBC completely dominated, dominated the court by maintaining a five-point lead throughout the entire set. First-year set, Koten Lu stepped back to the court for Boar. The rookie, Koten Lu, put up a 0.333 hidden percentage and finished the match with a hard kill 25-21 final. After this weekend, UBC has a Canada West record of 14-2, only two points behind the Trinity Western University's 15-1. For Captain Irvin Brard, things didn't go quite as smoothly as his Friday night match. Eric, you mentioned he's had a bit of up and down beginning to this new year, and he was only able to put up six kills in this game, and he just now dropped from third in Canada West to fifth in kills, as well as dropping in kills per set. 
uh, to the same ranking over this past weekend. Yeah, it's a tough occurrence, um, you know, for that to happen in one weekend. But um, as I said last week, um, when those big players, when those key players like Brar are not having good games, the UBC Thunderbirds team has consistently shown that they have players capable of rising to the occasion and making up for when a star player isn't doing well. And like I mentioned about the Friday game, Finn McCarthy's been excellent. Um, on Friday, he had 12 kills, 16 points, and led the team with 8 kills, which is not a great thing to say, but Finn McCarthy's still having an excellent presence on the team, five kills and or 8 kills and 5 aces as well for Finn McCarthy, so a really excellent game from him. He's definitely fighting for a starting spot on this Thunderbirds team. Yeah, and although the hitting percentage was down more than way more than usual at 170, they still pulled out the win, found the way to win, and that really shows that they are a great team. Next, they'll take on the 10-4 and four Bobcats after a bye weekend that'll be on the 26th and the 27th. On the women's side, the past week, the they confirmed that they are indeed the best team in Canada. They took just six sets to grab two wins against Winnipeg Westman, and not necessarily a big accomplishment as the stat books, uh, what we'll see later, weren't exactly in the Westman's favor. Well, it's a bold statement, Jacob. Best <laughs> team in Canada? I mean, they're really good. We'll U Sports shows. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see in the in the playoffs what happens. On Friday night, Kira Van Rijk led the Thunderbirds to an easy three-set win where the Westmen weren't able to put up more than 19 in a single set. Set count in the first game was 25-18, 25-19, and then 25-17. The game was expected to go as the scoreline showed, and the Thunderbirds bumped up their winning streak to eight, while the Westmen still count only one on the season. Van Rijk had a match-high 10 kills, but overall the Thunderbirds didn't really play their best game. UBC made 19 errors in just three sets and hit a low 155. On a positive note, other highlights of the game were Kiara Hanley and Gabby Atia, who had six kills and two blocks apiece, as well as Alessandra Gentile, who had 29 assists on the night, as well as three aces and 12 digs. Gentile contributed not only to the game, but her personal record book. Over the weekend, she broke the previous UBC school record, of 2,756 assists in a career. Congrats to John Thiele. Outside of the first set, the Westmen did have issues keeping themselves in the game. They hit a dismal .046, and every time they went on a surge, they would give the power right back to the Thunderbirds. The series was a mismatch on paper, as the Thunderbirds dominate Canada West in almost all offensive categories, and the Westmen just averaged .096 as a team in hitting percentage. In the three big categories of kills, assists, and digs, the Westmen are averaging 4.5, 3.5, and two total tallies, respectively less per set than the Thunderbirds. Van Rijk stays a force as she is still in second in Canada West for kills and kills per set at 4.05 and 2.43. Even though they won this game like 3-0 in the end, it wasn't actually their best game by any standard. They hit almost a full 100 points below their average, but they had enough distributed offensive attack and just simply too much talent for the Westmen to handle and they made a decent amount of errors in this game they seem to lack the usual sort of consistency but still three nothing win you can't complain about that well I just want to touch on um as you said that you've made a lot of errors and as you said um you know it's distributed offense so like even even when this Thunderbirds team is not maybe performing at the level we expect them to they still you know win games and they win games pretty convincingly even if they don't look at their best uh, it, it looks like at this point it's going to be UBC and Calgary, um, and uh, you know that's a great rivalry in a lot of sports in this uh, in this conference. Um, we saw that football game last year, or la- yeah, I guess last year now. Huh? It's weird, <laughs> um, but yeah, they're 
really looking strong. And as you said, if they if you think they're the best team in Canada, I like we'll, we'll they got to prove it. Of they got to prove it. But I'm re- I'm ready to see what they can do, and I'm excited for it. Saturday night was a similar three set sweep for the Thunderbirds. Statline did look a lot better, not just for the Thunderbirds, but also the Westmen. This win was led by who else than Kira Van Rijk. She had 13 kills, three blocks, and eight digs for an all-around, somehow normalized, great performance by her. Liv Ferlin, Victoria Behe, and Gabby Atia all put up nice spreadsheet numbers as well. Ferlin totaled eight kills, nine assists, and two aces. Behe, seven kills, six digs. And Atia with six kills, four aces, and five digs on the night. Both teams played a lot cleaner game, with the Thunderbirds making only 16 errors and the Westmen with 14 throughout the three-set affair. The issue for the Westmen was the multi-pronged offense that, this Thunderbird, that the Thunderbird team can bring. Westmen played above average with their hitting percentage up to 119, which is still relatively low, but their finishing was sorely lacking. Through the three sets, the Westmen put up just 24 kills compared to UBC's 41. If, even if the Westmen aren't making errors, their offense keeps them out of the win column. Uh, it looked like there was a shred of light in the third, but... Five straight points were given right back to the birds and three zero sweep for them. Yeah, this was very much a David versus Goliath matchup and Goliath won comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, Bit of a reverse from the real story. Yeah, but <laughs> it's just I guess reality when the best in the league takes on the bottom of the league, you're expecting to get something like that and that's what happened. Yeah, although what we've been seeing, what we saw maybe earlier in the season when the Thunderbirds played against a lower-ranked opponent was that they would sort of play down to their level. They would make more mistakes, um, as we maybe saw a little bit in the on the Friday game. But they looked really clean. They looked really solid, passionate, intense. The, you know, the really good women's uh, volleyball team that we've been say- seeing here from the CBC team um, just played a really good overall game. Yeah, and Captain um, Alexandra Gentile also lost for a lot of the consistency on court, and she now has the all-time UBC Women's Volleyball assists record as well as holding third in Canada West in assists per set at 9.08. Talking my language, guys. Keep keep praising these setters. <laughs> this is what I want to hear. Come on. Uh, outside of John Thiele and big players like Van Rijk, there was a nice mix of players who got involved, including Behe, Price, and Hanley, and uh, it was good to see from this Thunderbirds offense who sometimes goes through those big players um, but they found different avenues in these in this past weekend series. Yeah, we're just going to take a quick break for ads, um, and we will be right back. Sorry, we're having a little bit of technical difficulty with that. We'll try to get those up and running. But in the meantime, uh, we can talk about uh, the hockey that happened this weekend. And um, the women's team had a me- mental health awareness night um, because um, it's an issue close to the hearts of this Thunderbirds women's hockey team in memory of uh, former UBC goaltender Laura Taylor. Um, and it was it was a really it was a really nice way to handle that. They did a good job of it. Um, and uh, it was a really good game too. It was a tough game. Uh, there was a lot of penalties. There was a lot of aggression. It was a, it was a really fun hockey game. Uh, Hannah Clayton Carroll opened the scoring for the Thunderbirds, while Emily Costales doubled the lead halfway through the first. The Cougars were able to claw one back, but um, Costales scored a second, and Madison Patrick added a fourth to secure the win for the Thunderbirds, all four goals coming on the power play. The second game of the weekend was a more tight defensive affair that needed double overtime. Matea Fisher scored the opening goal for UBC in the dying seconds of the first, while Cassandra Villegrain regained the lead after a J.C. Magwood equalizer. 
Uh, Emma Waldenberger tied early in the third, and with the first overtime solving nothing and the second on its way to its conclusion, it seemed like the game would be decided in a shootout, but a penalty shot awarded with just 20 seconds left in the final overtime was converted by, again, Cassandra Vilgrain for her second of the night and the game-winning goal. Yeah, even though the Cougars were worse in this game in terms of taking penalties, they took 17, UBC's 11 is still far too many taken a game. It's been an issue for them at times, but that said... It's really the only flaw you can find in how they're playing at the moment. UBC scored seven goals this weekend. Five were on the power play, going back to all the uh, time in the box that we <laughs> saw. But this was the first game where a mess of penalties, um, it, it wasn't too bad for them. There was also two goals for rookie Emily Costales on Friday. Great performance from her. Regina gave UBC a run for their money, and you can't expect them to be dominant every night. Uh Almost a full two overtimes against a non-playoff team isn't the strongest performance, but they still show that they have great resolve and they can keep the pressure on and win the game, even if it's not their best night out on the ice. Yeah, the Thunderbirds will travel to Lethbridge this weekend. They'll take on the last place um, Lethbridge Pronghorns. The men's team had an excellent weekend, which is something we haven't been able to say a lot lately. Um, They came off their strong performance against Calgary last week. On Friday, it took until the last couple uh, minutes of the second for a goal to be scored, which came off the stick of red-hot Austin Viterl, who's scoring at almost a point-per-game pace. He has 19 points in 20 games so far this season. Adam Rossignol scored his second of the season to double the Thunderbird lead, and Viterl would add an empty netter with one second left as UBC took the first game 3-1. Saturday's game was the best performance we've seen from UBC in a very, very long time. I'll run through this very quickly. Uh, Steven Langford was Regina's only goal scorer. The goal scorers for UBC in order. Michael Stinnerson, Nick Buonasisi, Carter Popoff, Adam Rossignol, Chase Clayton, and Matt Revel. That was six, folks. Uh, six goals um, from six different goal scorers this, um, this Saturday. An all-around really great performance from UBC after head coach Sven Butenshawn expressed disappointment with the way his team got the win on Friday. Good defensively, good offensively, good in terms of goaltending, and a great way to explosively cap off the weekend for the Thunderbirds. Yeah, we mentioned last week that we thought this Thunderbirds men's team might have hit a turning point in their season, and that definitely seems to be the case. They're playing solid defense now, which is is what they needed at the first part of the year. They didn't get it. Now they're getting it. And this was the first time they scored more than three goals since the first month of October. In October, they had two six-goal performances. Since then, they've only managed to score as many as three in the game. Before tonight, maybe... They can make some noise in the playoffs, maybe? I think it's nice how the Thunderbirds have cleaned up their defense, and that's uh, positively influenced all other aspects of their game. And we saw that with the six-goal performance here, and I think uh, we can definitely see a a playoff run. We'll see um, in this upcoming Winter Classic, which is sold out already. That'll be a great game. Um, But commenting on people outside of just the goal scorers, Josh Connolly had three assists in that last game. Uh, one of he was a trio of players that had three points on that night, and he had only one point all season before this. Steve uh, Butenshawn, am I saying that right? Uh, that would be Sven. Sven, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> but you got the last name right, which was the harder part. There we go. Uh, he was pleased with his fourth and fifth year skaters over the weekend, and he saw that the younger players had a bit of that weight taken off their shoulders. It was nice to see, and Rossignol and Buonasisi. Uh, both scoring some goals. Yeah, and the double start paid off for Hewitt this weekend. It hadn't previously. I mentioned last week. Uh, Hewitt stopped 32 of 33 in his second game of the weekend, grabbed a weekend street sweep. Uh, Butenshawn loves Hewitt. He loves having a guy like that in net. It's He's a confident goaltender, and the rest of the team plays with confidence when he's in net. 
Uh, I think I have this thing working now, so we're going to try and play some ads for you, um, and we'll be right back. Sexual Assault Support Centre, the SASC, is a free and confidential service which provides support to those who have experienced sexual assault, intimate partner violence and harassment. We provide services to folks of all genders, including students, staff, faculty and those who have a connection to the UBC Vancouver campus. We provide crisis and short-term emotional support, legal, medical and campus-related advocacy and outreach and educational programs. We are located in the Student Nest, room 3127. For more information on our hours of operation and other resources and services, please go to our website, amssask.ca, or visit our Facebook page, AMS Sexual Assault Support Centre. I think the news midweek, when the midweek news broke, that Teo Dezo yeah. wasn't going to be playing in this game. Growing sport and to do it on a university campus with an educational message behind it. Uh, they'll be facing off against uh, all the big teams from uh, the, all the other conferences and the nationals. Want to be a CITR sports broadcaster? Looking for a cool way to get involved in UBC sports? Then email sports101 at citr.ca or come by our station in the nest to find out more. See you soon. So as Jacob mentioned before we broke, um, the Winter Classic is tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be very fun. Um, it's going to be a sellout hockey game. Um, they put on this event to, you know, get a sort of, you know, college sports-like atmosphere uh, up north of the border sometimes, which you don't always get over here. Uh, it's sold out already, um, so sorry if you wanted to go. Um, but it's going to be a great game. Um, it's the best atmosphere in U Sports, easily. They, they do say there's some tickets at the door, but I'm not trusting I don't. That. I don't know. Not, not a significant amount. Don't count on it if you don't have your ticket already. Um, it's an important matchup, actually, because the UBC Thunderbirds and Lethbridge Pronghorns, which are the two teams playing, um, they are both battling with UFC for those last two playoff spots. Um, currently, UBC's in fifth, Lethbridge's in sixth, and Calgary's on the outside looking in. Um, but definitely a big game in terms of uh, playoff implications, for sure. Uh, the Thunderbirds and Pronghorns had some exciting games earlier in the season. Uh, in a two-game series, UBC scored 11 times and took both games on that weekend. So hopefully the thousands of fans in attendance tomorrow night will be in for another exciting game. It should be, be exciting. I was talking to Jeff Sargent, who will be commentating the game if you're watching on Canada West. He's very excited for the big crowd. As Of course, it doesn't just boost the players' morale, but I think it, it, it boosts the uh, the entire crowd. and It, it gives, the, gives reason for people to go out and really support the team. And, of course... It's a trade-off where both people get energy from one another. Yeah, and I mean, um, it's a really good time for this to happen. I'm glad this didn't happen during the big, you know, what was it, eight, nine-game losing streak? It was that a while. Yeah. It was a long time. Um, but I'm glad it's. I'm glad we're sort of on the up and up now. I'm glad that the fans will get to see what we think this UBC Thunderbirds team can actually do, and maybe they'll come out for a few playoff games when, when the time comes. Looking around at we, what we have coming up for you guys this weekend around UBC Sports, we obviously have that big winner classic game um, on Friday night, and they will play again um, at Le uh, against Lethbridge, hosting them uh, tomorrow or Saturday afternoon rather. Uh, women's basketball will host McEwen, um, as will men's basketball. Uh, women's ice hockey will visit Lethbridge, um, and all of those are happening both on Friday and Saturday. Saturday we have um, a women's rugby sevens uh, tournament in at the University of Alberta, so um, there will be. Was it three games? Uh, three games Saturday, and then potentially more on Sunday if they advance. Okay, so it's um, three three games Saturday, two confirmed games on Sunday. I'm I'm looking at here, and then they will play yeah a potential uh, more if they if they do well. And 
UBC has a really good rugby program, so we'd like to see them do well, and that's going to be a really interesting tournament. Uh, it was a very big success last year when it, when it happened at UBC, actually. UBC's power rankings, looking around men's basketball, splitting that series, dropped them from fourth to sixth now. Women's hockey uh, staying at third place. Men's and women's swimming, as always, in dominant fashion in first. Men's volleyball getting bumped up a spot to second. And women's volleyball, first place in U Sports. Go Sorry, that's all, that's all U Sports? That's not just Canada West? Uh, this is all of U Sports. Wow, way to go. Top guess, 10 Tuesday. I guess that's why you're saying best team in Canada, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, got, I got my reasons there. All right, all right. I, I, I trust you. And I trust this team, too. I want to see what they can do. And I want to thank you all so much for tuning in to CITR 101.9. The upcoming show uh, is the Shakespeare Show, hosted by Dan Shakespeare himself here at CITR. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz. Tune in next Thursday from 3.30 to 4, and have a great rest of your day. Oops.